Welcome everyone, this is Michelle Anderson. I'm your host for my podcast show. Thank you so much for joining me for the Power of Reading Week. This particular week, I'm focusing on W.D. Boris and his wonderful essay. And today, it's going to be of the Golden Fleece. This is going to be part two for what I started my last Power of the Week celebration in the month of February. And we're going to continue on. This year, I decided I'm just going to read one page and then I'm going to do a review of it. If you're just now joining me here and you have not catched or read to listen to my podcast when I did part one, I do encourage that. I did get a lot of good um, traction on those. And it's just kind of focusing on reading. And I'm broadcasting this on both of my podcast shows today. So reading to me is so powerful. I loved it as a child, especially my childhood, what I experienced it was very toxic. And reading allowed me to learn about different worlds and it gave me hope. And then fast forward when I got that great opportunity to be the editor, columnist um, for the Holland Renaissance on Sweet 101. I was just thrilled that I got that opportunity and that's how I really got into the Harlem Renaissance. When I was growing up in school, that really, it was never talked about. <laughs> it was like left off the books and I had to learn other culture, history and all of that and their culture, but for some reason, nevertheless, I didn't get that experience. And when I found out about the Harlem Renaissance, I just was so thrilled and then I discovered this person and it's kept coming up. And there he was, Dr. Du Bois. And I was like, oh my God. So I bought the book and I couldn't put it down. I cried and I was so awesomely up, just, just amazingly intrigued and found out that he was very highly active in the Harlem Renaissance and really helped to support to what it was. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for the other artists. And it was a range of talent. And all of this played into coming out of the freedmen, you know, freed slaves and working through that, going through the early 20s and so forth and defining that to get their mind right. And that was, of course, the generation of those that was freed. But nonetheless, that progressing, uh, that progression of that is powerful. So today we're going to focus on of the Golden Fleece. And this is going to be part two. And I'm going to talk about it and analyze it. If you have any comments, you can put it in the comments. If you have any questions, you can email me at info at mole.com or info nichelleanderson.com. And again, Nichelle is spelled differently. It's N like Nicholas, I-C-H-E-L. You can tag me on Twitter and say, you know what? I like when you say that, Nichelle. I appreciate that. You know, I read. Oh, just tag me and say, this is my favorite book. And it doesn't have to be this book. It can be another book. Definitely make it positive. You know what I'm about to say, what's going to say, and we're going to focus on this, and we're going to get started with my power of reading week. Let's do this. Of the Crest of the Golden Fleece, part two. Secondly, the Negroes used to such accommodations do not as a rule demand better. They do not know what better houses mean. Thirdly, the landlords as a class have not yet come to realize that it is a good business investment to raise the standard of living among labor by slow and judicious methods that a Negro laborer who demands three rooms and 50 cents a day would give more efficient work and leave a larger profit than a discouraged toller hurting his family in one room and working for 30 cents. Lastly, among such conditions of life, there are few incentives to make the laborer become a better farmer. If he is ambitious, he moves to town 
or tries of the labor. As a tenant farmer, his outlook is almost hopeless and following it as a makeshift. He takes the house that is given him without protest. In some homes then, these Negro peasants live. The families are both small and large. There are, there are many single tenants, widows and bachelors, and remnants of broken groups. The system of labor and the size of the houses both tend to the breaking of family groups. The grown children go away as contract hands or migrate to town. The sister goes into service and so one finds many families with hosts of babies and many nearly married couples, but comparatively, few families with half-grown and grown sons and daughters. Average size of Negro families has undoubtedly decreased since the war, primarily from economic stress. In Russia, over a third of the bridegrooms and over half the brides are under 20. The same was true of the antebellum Negroes. Today, however, very few of the boys and less than a fifth of the Negro girls under 20 are married. The young man married between the ages of 25 and 35, the young woman between 20 and 30. Such postponement is due to the difficulty of earning sufficient to rear and support a family. And it undoubtedly leads in the country districts to sexual immorality. The form of this immorality, however, is very seldom that of prostitution and less frequently that of legitimacy than one would imagine. Rather, it takes the form of separation and desertion after a family group has been formed. The number of separated persons as group has been formed. Hmm, I say it again. The number of separated persons is 35 to the thousand. Very large number. It would of course be unfair to compare this number with divorce statistics. For many of these separated women are, in reality, willowed or the truth known. And in other cases, the separation is not permanent. Insane. This is a lot <laughs> to congest in one page. I'm so glad I decided this year, the opening of doing this, of going over W.D. Bowie's essays, powerful essays. I said, when you wrote the book, it was like vowels, we'll say now, like worldwide, because it just opened up everything. He really touched everybody's soul, even his critics. <laughs> and this particular page here of the Quest of the Golden Fleece, now, I mean, like Sweet 101 is no longer like online and had all my articles that I broke it down then. Now it's new, now it's this year, it's 2023, can you imagine? When you read it, it's just like, I can't compare what I first, at that time, did that review and wrote it. But now going through it, and just this one page here, which is page um, 98, is showing me as my part two. It's a lot in here. And what I'm going to break down, some of the key points. But overall, just give a complete overview of now in the year 2023 on reading this. You basically talk about the economic injustice that men go through when they make a decision, you know what? I wanna marry you, I wanna make, I wanna have a family. But you put that in context of black folks or just like expand it. Any culture where normally it would be set up a family and you could take care of it. And with a man, 
most males, what have you, the instinct is to take care of their family. And if it's a financial imbalance or they don't have it, it can be very depressing. Now, how can I say that as a woman? Because some men will have that conversation or they're either, you know, and I just remembered it or I hear it by somebody else or someone's talking about their challenges to me. So, and even in books as well, because I love books and you, you see the statistics and you kind of connect the dots. So in this, he's talking about that. And that was one of the reasons. The other reason is being accustomed to working, understand labor is not slaving away on a plantation and understanding that. Then you have to deal with more access to distractions. And that's where he come towards the end about the seldom of prostitution and other things and legitimacy and all of that, which is just a whole other discussion. But he's talking about the escapeness of the mind because of the inferiority because you gotta remember it was just like one day okay you're a slave and the next day okay you're free bye and your mind is on my other show your heart takes a while to do it and your mind got to logically process that so that has to connect so to be able to do that it's not easy and in this part here he said in such homes then these negro peasants live the families are both small and large. There are many single tenants, widows and bachelors, and remnants of broken groups. The system of labor and the size of the houses both tend to the breaking up of family groups. The grown children go away as contract hands or migrate to town. The sister goes into service. And so with that right there, just to kind of stop to reinforce my point is the economic survival was critical. So in his other essays, and he's, he's basing these essays, everybody, is that he's breaking up different parts of that journey to when slaves were free. And the calculation of that, that some people made profit off of it, some people continued the abuse, and some people continue on not thinking as a family and that could be black folks against black folks and, and all that or it can be another race black folks all of that at the end of the day it was a lot of confusion and then once he kind of got into that okay this is your house it can be a slum or what then the survival of how you're going to you know survive financially and so you're going all in your different ways and normally you get together, you become a unit, become a family, you, you work together, but it's like a separation. The old saying, divide and conquer. But nonetheless, that's what I got from that part. And he talks about the families. The average size of Negro families has undoubtedly decreased since the war. So it's taken away, because family, when you're talking about negative family, about for that, you know, it's hard to go on that. But nonetheless, the pursuit of the idea of a solid, positive family is a support system that you can grow. It's like to me a plant and you have these leaves growing of it from it, but it's from a single seed in its sense, the root, and then it grows up and you, you're all connected, but everybody is, is giving, it's a giving energy. And when that was breaking up, it reduces the focus of the primary objective, I mean, having the best life, um, healing from the rooms before and progressing forward. It can get very disarray and off track. And that's where he talks about the end, the form of immorality, continue and the separation, the desertion of a family 
that was formed that's no more. The confusion of that is what I pick up. The half-grown and grown sons and daughters. So when you're trying to find something, this is really talking about, see, this is, I'm telling you, it's connected. And one day I'm going to do a documentary, there's more I'm talking about it, of connecting WBD boys and Booker T. Washington. And in the next generation of the power players that had to put this in fruition once they finished their reign, Booker T. Washington and W.D. Boys, And you see this in his essay, The Economic Crisis of Stress, and how he comparing Russia and other countries, what have you, to now. So he basically saying, of the crest of the golden fleece is the crest for a better life, a better mind, mental peace. I preached that on my other podcast show, other podcast show, Surviving Your Journey to a Success. That's what he's saying to me. That's the message. And this book was written over 100 years. And I love him for it. And he goes so deep in a very poetic, magnificent way that shakes the soul and say, stop that foolishness. This is what it is. Let's sit down and have dinner. I'll pour you some wine, I'll pour you some water, and we're going to talk about it. And he's talking about the family, the crest of the family to have a better life. They say immigrants, what have you, like back in the day, and they left whatever they was going through. And as a family, they decided we can go to the United States for a better life. Where the African-American, or I should say the Negro, the American Negro, had very little means. And they was carrying all of that baggage. And then through all of the chaotic mess, because it wasn't a smooth transition by far, oh my goodness, forgot the beginning or at least could not focus because of the economic imbalance and it was a crisis that it had to you just had to survive to be able to eat to do what you need to do so a lot of other activities and priority came up to forefront but this is an alternative when it needed to be honed on to the faith of family and the faith of staying together and thinking of ways that you don't have to do that but it was very hard and it was a lot of slums and poverty and that's what he's saying of the crest of the golden fleece. This is what was happening. This is what should be done. And to give a resolution if possible. But as a collective that once we can talk about these issues and even today. And property is really not a certain color group or what have you. It can happen anywhere. Okay. Any ethnic group. And to look at that as a way of healing both on the spiritual sense of your mind and your, your understanding of it and try to work together by those resources. That's humanity. And of all his essays, I think this right here is the same. There was in the quest for a better life, which was the freedom that was given to them, but it wasn't given to them in the consensus of what they were going through and what they've been through. And that's the psychological healing that they needed to have. All right, hopefully you got my interpretation and my breakdown thank you so much for joining me for my power of the reading week in 2023 i'm going to do this again next year if you want to be on the show and talk about a particular book that empowered you you can send that to info at nichelleanderson.com or info at molay.com and we'll talk about it and we'll schedule it who knows you can be on my show next year so thank you so much i hope you enjoyed this i did and i believe that anything is possible with the right outlook anything is possible with the right mindset anything is possible if you want that golden fleece that actually is your destiny if you plan it you know it's yours you claim it you love it and you open up a book and say i believe in the impossible that anything can happen with the right heart 
and a light mindset. Thank you so much for joining me today. I love reading books, all power, and read a story to somebody. Read a story to yourself and enjoy the power of reading. I'm Michelle, and guess what? I'll talk to you in the next one.